This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So what would you do? If you encountered um, a baby animal, clearly lost and in distress, in this instance, a baby moose, I guess it depends on what kind of animal we're talking about here, not a snake or anything dangerous like that, but, uh, or icky, I guess, but a baby moose, I, I think people would have some, some sympathy for an animal like that in that kind of a situation. Uh, and so folks in Okotoks, who are now kind of the center of this controversy, I, I certainly sympathize with them. And the decisions they made, um, ultimately not successful in, in saving the moose, but it certainly seemed worth a try. Now, Alberta Fish and Wildlife is of the belief, and they reiterated that in a statement they put out today, that you know people should not intervene. And you should not offer food or water or really any kind of care uh, to an animal. How reasonable is that? And did these people do anything wrong here? Well, one of them is uh, on the line with us. Uh, her name is uh, Carolyn Bourbon, one of the people who came across this baby moose and was really active in trying to get it some assistance. And she joins us uh, here on the program today. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, let's go back to, to the beginning of this because uh, this was last week, as I understand. You're taking your kids to school. And what mm-hmm. happened? Uh, well, uh, I was driving down our road and a man who walks daily uh, waved me over and said, you know, don't go any further. There's a mother, there's a moose down there on, on the road. And so I was looking and um, drove up a little further and she was sort of in distress because her calf had been, wasn't able to dump the fence, the, the barbed wire fence that was, uh, you know, to my left. And I had the moose in the middle of the road straight in front of me and she wasn't really going anywhere. She just was hunkered down, determined to get back to that baby. Um, so um, she jumped into a different field. I took the kids to school, come back, and she's still there. Uh, baby's still sort of in the same area. And um, she did get back over to the calf, but instead of taking the calf and going left back to the bush where she had came from, um, she went right and headed towards uh, Double Lane Highway, the Highway 2A. So mom basically uh, started running down the road with cars beside it and then just hooked a hard left and went straight across, you know, four lanes of highway and up into the bush across the road. So the police were... um, the police were the ones who responded first. So, And so what did they tell you to do? Um, well, no one really knew what to do, actually. No. Um, you know, the police were sort of at a loss. We had two RCMP show up. Um, it was a statutory holiday, so we couldn't get a hold of anyone um, at Fish and Wildlife or anywhere. So the police showed up. Um, Mom was still gone. Um, you know, we left so many messages 
um, with every number we could find when we Googled, you know, wildlife, Alberta, Okotoks, Calgary. Uh, The only people that actually got back to us um, fairly quickly was the Alberta Institute for Wildlife Conservation. And basically they just explained to us that it's, you know, moose don't do well with stress and that the mum will come back because they will stay with their mums for up to two years and then they sort of learn their survival skills from the herds. So she said, you know, if we could get some hay and water to it or just something, you know, so it can have something to eat. But the poor little thing was exhausted. You know, she laid down in the field most of that day. Um, and we just sat and waited, hoping mom would come back. But you weren't just going to leave it to die. No, no. So um, when I, uh, I think it was Sunday night, there was sort of a catechism of things happened. Uh, Sunday night, uh, there was moose body parts found in the ditch behind my property, um, which was really horrifying and alarming. Um, and then the next morning, uh, Sunday night, there was the really high winds. They were like 110 kilometers yeah, or 100 right. kilometers. Um, and Terry called me in the morning that the, the baby had collapsed right in front of her. But when we were down there, there's tons of coyote prints around the, the shelter she was sort of sitting near and staying near. So I think she had a really rough night. And that just um, exhausted her. So when she collapsed, Terry called me. Um, we called a few neighbors to help uh, get a flat back, and um, we took the, the calf to the Save Animal Clinic. That's when Fish and Wildlife called. That's <laughs> when, when they, they called. That is when they called. That is yeah. the first conversation I had. So I once had you to... finally talked to them, what, what did they tell you? Uh, well, the guy wasn't very nice. Uh, he was, um, you know, demanding I not have a moose in my possession. I said, well, I don't actually have it in my possession. Um, he asked, he told us to leave it to die, and uh, he wanted to know where we were. So I got his number, and I told him we'd give him a call back. And um, then uh, the vets at the clinic had been talking to the Conservation Institute. Finally, we got through to them. And um, they had said, you know, let's get the calf up to them. And they're going to see if they can, you know, um, keep the calf. Because now, it, you know, it's been a week. And um, we, we had to use some common sense and some common decency at that point to do what was right. Leaving the calf to die, we knew the coyotes would come back. And is that, that is nature's course. But um, I don't need a wildlife, um, you know, a documentary happening on the side of Highway 2A with a bunch of coyotes ripping a baby moose apart yeah. for people to see. I mean, it's just wasn't acceptable, right? So the it was Tuesday morning, I guess, the, the calf died? Right? Uh, the, the calf died overnight on Monday, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I just think the stress had um, was just a little bit too much. And, and I mean, like, look, these things happen in nature. We understand that. But but given the totally. circumstances here, do you, you think maybe a different response from Fish, Fish and Wildlife might have gone a long way? Well, I would. Uh, I do believe that had we got the calf um, to the Conservation Institute um, before she was in distress, she would be alive and fine today. I do. I do yeah. think that. I could be wrong. Um, but the condition that she was put in, um, you know, was really, this. I think, just a tipping point for her. And, you know, I know my daughter was devastated when she heard that she had died. And, you know, you sort of think to yourself, should I have done something different, you know? Yeah, I don't know what you could have done, but I think a lot of people would have probably done much, much the same. So, Carolyn, um, yeah. an unfortunate situation, but thanks so much for sharing the story with us here today. We appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome. No problem at all. Okay. There we go. That's uh, Okotoks resident uh, Carolyn Bourbon. So that's how they intervened.
Bad decision? Right decision? Just leave the moose? What would you have done? Let's uh, go to the phones here. 974-8255. Dwight, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, on that baby moose, I think the lady did the right thing, getting it some hay in that. There's mm-hmm. been that little black bear out at the end of Highway 8. Oh, right, yeah. Sitting in the field for uh, four or five days. I went by there. It hadn't moved probably 200 feet. The Fish and Wildlife, uh, I think it was last week on the radio, was full of some guy had a dog on his flat neck, and he, got, he, you know, he could get two years in jail, and he could get a $25,000 fine. And that, yep, I remember somebody that. Should, somebody should take the Fish and Wildlife to task legally about their cruelty to animals. That little black bear has been out there suffering now for about three, four weeks, maybe a month. And people have offered to... Uh, take it to the animal shelter and get it to a vet and so on and so on, tranquilize it, get it in safely, but they say don't touch it. I think they're a cruel bunch of people. That's all my comment is. Well, thanks for that. I appreciate it. Look, yeah, I mean, uh, either help the animal or put it down in that instance. Why, why leave it to suffer? Uh, anyway, the statement from uh, communications advisor with uh, Fish and Wildlife, reads as follows. We are saddened to hear this young moose's death. Fish and wildlife officers do try to help where they can, but unfortunately this is not always possible. Our officers have saved many animals from dangerous situations like being trapped in a frozen body of water, being stuck in fences or pits. But unfortunately they're not able to help in every case when they are responding to other calls for service, such as enforcing hunting, fishing, and public uh, land laws and regulations, responding to incidents of dangerous wildlife. It is not necessarily uncommon for animal mothers to leave their young alone. They often come back. And sometimes they may still be nearby but out of sight, in which case they could become defensive if people approach their young. For these reasons, we usually tell people to leave the animal alone. But one thing that anyone who works with wild animals thinks about is the stress that may cause to an animal by human interference. Tranquilizing, capturing, or even handling a wild animal does cause its stress, and this can lead to capture myopathy. And that's a disease complex that causes an animal's muscles to stop functioning properly and can even lead to death. So this is part of why officers and wildlife rehab facilities sometimes try to let injured animals keep their wildness and avoid human interference if there's a chance they'll be able to recover naturally. At this time of year, many young moose are successfully surviving on their own, and officers have received many calls over the years of animals who appear sick or injured, but who are able to recover naturally in the end. Let's take Bruce's call here. Bruce, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Well, obviously it's a sad story about that uh, little baby moose. Yeah. But, you know, I have to say... You know, the fish and wildlife, they seem to be fairly inconsistent. So just recently in Banff National Park, they shot and killed four uh, bull moose because they said they were, you know, aggressive and kept on coming into town. And, you know, what seems to be lost in this is that we've altered the natural environment for just about all animals. And so instead of, you know, you know, reducing the size of Banff National Park, particularly at the Banff town site, and realizing that it's totally out of control, they blame the animals and kill them, yet continue to, you know, grow the town site. So they don't really seem to respect the animals, and they don't really seem to understand that, you know, for the reasons that people go to Banff to see wildlife, you know, that it's actually the people that are the problem, not the wildlife. So we've built all these highways. We've, you know... We've altered so much of their landscape, yet because of our alterations, it puts them in risk. And when people want to help out and try and save a, you know, a big animal, uh, whether it be a bear that they moved and was since shot and killed in B.C., they really don't seem to have, they just really don't seem to know what they're doing. 
you know, in one respect, they'll try and save an animal, but then they're going to kill it because it's just doing what it do, does naturally. And we're, you know, we've built in their environment, and that's, it's a problem. That's a great point, Bruce. Thanks for the phone call, 974-8255. Listen, we've got to take a break here. We'll come back. We'll have a bit more time for your calls. Got a couple other things to get to, including some of what Premier Rachel Notley uh, told our very own Gord Gillies uh, earlier this afternoon in their conversation. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.